Welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, for your host, Paul Martin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast. This is episode number 17, and I'm your host, Paul Marquis. And today I have a great topic. I love to talk about this only because um, this is a topic that I have learned over the years. Uh, that can really throw people for a loop, and it is the six common causes of shoulder external rotation weakness. So why do folks have weakness into external rotation? And there are many different causes, but the six most important I'd like you to remember um, are going to be the ones we're going to talk about today. But before we even get started with that, I want to talk about a little story, a little story about uh, what prompted me to be a little more diligent with my evaluation. So we have this patient who comes in one time, he fell on his back, kind of on the back of his uh, right shoulder, and uh, had an x-ray. The x-ray showed that he had a fractured greater tubercle. So um, they decided that uh, they would rest him, put him in a sling, and uh, after four or five weeks, start some physical therapy. So he starts into PT, and um, he just isn't showing any strength whatsoever into external rotation. So... Um, you know, we, we, we kind of figured he had a greater tubercle fracture. It could cause some inflammation, some irritation to his rotator cuff, and that's why he's weak. But as time went on, he still had a very significant weakness of external rotation and some difficulty getting the arm elevated. So our suspicion was that he might have either torn his rotator cuff or had a nerve injury to the shoulder. So he had an MRI uh, done to the shoulder. The MRI came back negative for a rotator cuff tear. They would not have ro- repaired that rotator cuff until the uh, greater tubercle was fixed. And so they said, no, he doesn't have a rotator cuff tear. Continue physical therapy, and let's see how this comes around. Um, so um, we continued to work with them, but he continued to have a, a significant amount of weakness. They had somebody else look at the MRI, and they suspected a rotator cuff tear. Um, on a second read, they went in and did surgery on this gentleman. Come to find out, there was no cuff tear whatsoever. So uh, after this, uh, he underwent some neurologic testing. And I'm telling you, this was a three- to four-month process here before he, uh, we found out what the diagnosis was. And um, by the time all was said and done, he had a, a suprascapular nerve palsy, which uh, we do know will get better over a year to a year and a half. And uh, I really felt bad for the gentleman because we worked off of diagnostic imaging and testing and the results from other providers. When looking back at it, there were certain signs and symptoms that he did have a nerve injury that causes external rotation weakness. So let's start off by um, talking about the number one common cause of external rotation weakness, okay? And that is a tear of the teres minor or infraspinatus muscle group, okay? So uh, you need to remember that uh, those two muscles attached to the greater tubercle, they are primarily external rotators of the shoulder. They do offer some stability, and they're uh, innervated by the suprascapular nerve. Uh, very, very important muscles, and I think that um, it, we don't uh, strengthen these muscles often enough. But if you tear these muscles, they can really give you a very definitive external rotation weakness, okay? Number two. A fractured greater tubercle. So think about where those external rotators attach. They attach to the greater tubercle. Some people will fracture the greater tubercle. I've seen many of these, and they definitely have weakness into external rotator, uh, rotation. 
We've seen it with uh, people who are uh, fall skiing, water skiing. We've seen injuries like that. Or uh, episodes where the arm is uh, thrown into an extreme of abduction or flexion and uh, they fracture that tubercle. So that could uh, be another cause of external rotation weakness. Number three, this is one that um, I've seen probably oh, a dozen of these in my 25 years of uh, physical therapy. It's great if you can pick up on these because you can really help you know, save the system as far as uh, excessive diagnostic testing. And this is an injury to the suprascapular nerve. Now, it's important that when you evaluate these folks, if they have, there's two different types of weakness. There's a cogging weakness and there's a slow giveaway, um, which I call a neurologic weakness, okay? So people with suprascapular nerve injuries, usually when you check their external rotation, there isn't a lot of discomfort. And um, there isn't a cogging effect, like they're fighting you, all right? So it kind of gives really, really smoothly. And so you need to be thinking that it could be some sort of a nerve injury there, a suprascapular nerve injury. Now, there's a couple of ways that this can happen. We've seen it happen with people who uh, have a hyperextension of their, their arm. They get their arm pulled on really hard. But we more often see with people who land on their scapula, back onto uh, the, the posterior aspect of the scapula, and, but if somebody comes in and they've had this slow progressive onset of uh, weakness, of, of shoulder weakness, and you're suspicious of the suprascapular nerve, there are other reasons why they can get this. They could have a supralabral cyst, uh, which will be in the video, uh, which I have attached to these show notes, which is pretty impressive. Funny thing, I haven't seen many of these, but I saw two of them within about a two-week span. And it's pretty impressive. They can also have developed a, a tumor in that uh, suprascapular notch or right up against that, uh, that nerve. So it should be identified if there is a problem. And especially if this has been a slow onset, then that notch should be uh, MRI'd to see if there's anything there going on. Um, other than that, uh, it can come from injury. If you suspect that that is a problem, you should wait three to four weeks after they've had the injury to have an EMG study. Apparently, EMGs aren't very effective within the first three weeks. So uh, I always have these people have an EMG study done. Why? Because if it is a true suprascapular nerve injury, they can take a, a year and a half to two years to get better. We put patients on an exercise program. We monitor them um, you know, over time to see how they're progressing. And then we just allow the nerve to heal, and then slowly that sends messages to the rotator cuff, and then it starts to work better. So um, pretty impressive injury, and um, you can see this uh, with people with supralabral cysts, tumors, uh, or uh, injury to the uh, suprascapular nerve. Number four, this is not something we see very often, but this is why it's important to take a patient's shirt off and take a look at their shoulder, okay? We've had people come in with a diagnosis of rotator cuff um, tendonitis, and uh, you take their shirt off, and they have full-blown shingles to the back of the shoulder. It affects the, uh, that nerve and it can cause uh, you know, significant weakness. And these folks will get better over time, uh, but it just needs to be recognized and managed as an episode of uh, herpes zoster shingles. And, um, and uh, you really want to kind of just make sure you're not touching uh, that area. But identifying it is super important because if you don't take the shirt off, and they have weakness and you work on them for a good long time, they're just really not going to progress until the nerve is ready to send messages. So um, that's number four. Number five, rotator cuff tendonitis or subacromial impingement. Now, if you folks were with me uh, when we were talking about um, uh, the knee section in our podcast, you remember we talked about things that cause reflex inhibition or shutdown of the quadricep muscle, okay, things like swelling, inflammation, uh, and instability, and those types of things. Well, same thing with the shoulder here. If you have an inflamed rotator cuff, 
I kid you not, they can mimic a rotator cuff tear uh, significantly. So if you have rotator cuff tendonitis or subacromial impingement, uh, I've seen people have a cortisone injection. They start off with a little lidocaine. Within minutes, um, they have much better range of motion just because they have less pain. So if you have less inflammation, you'll have less pain. If you have less pain, you'll have better uh, rotator cuff activation. So these folks, if you're suspicious that it's just a, um, a tendonitis, and maybe you don't know if it's tendonitis or it's a tear, give it a couple of days. Put them on a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory and see how they respond. Usually in a week or so, they can start to contract a little bit better, offer you a little bit more resistance. And uh, if that continues to progress nicely, then awesome. You just keep treating them like that, re-educate the rotator cuff get that stronger and they will do better. So, um, you know, you don't need to jump the gun if you think they have a rotator cuff tear because a couple days or even a couple weeks of having a cuff tear is, is you know, uh, there's no big problem with doing that as far as surgical uh, issues go. Now, if you wait six months, well, you know, the cuff that's torn, it's going to have some scarring there. It's going to be retracted. It's going to be harder to fix. Uh, but give it a little bit of time, decrease the inflammations. And I've seen this often enough where they just have rotator cuff tendonitis. Uh, and so let's get into number six. Number six could be a C5 or C6 nerve root compression in the cervical spine. We have seen this in the past. It's a little rare, but, you know, check those reflexes, check sensation, do a Sperling's test. And if you get some reproduction of um, radicular pain down the arm, um, we'll be talking about upper extremity clearing tests um in in our future episodes and um but make sure that you rule out the c5 c6 uh to me those are pretty easy to rule out and uh, you know what i'll actually do an episode that's what i'm going to do i'm going to do an episode soon on how to differentiate between a rotator cuff uh issue and a cervical spine issue so um those are the six most common causes of shoulder external rotation weakness uh, infraspinatus or teres minor tear a fracture of the greater drubicle suprascapular nerve injuries, shingles, rotator cuff tendonitis or subchromial impingement, and a uh, nerve root compression in the cervical spine. So I hope you all enjoyed this episode. If you have any comments you want to make, please get in touch with us. I'll have our um, Get In Touch page uh, connected in our show notes. Also, check out the uh, link to our YouTube video regarding a gentleman who has a supralabral cyst secondary to a rotator cuff. I'm sorry, secondary to a glenohumeral arthritis who has considerable rotator cuff weakness. It's pretty impressive. And uh, I also discuss all these uh, these other things uh, with the patient there. So um, pretty good video. And if you have any uh, questions, please feel free to contact me. The other thing I'd like to ask is, uh, if you have a chance, please go to iTunes, give us a rate or, and review. Uh, I would greatly appreciate that. Uh, if you have any questions, again, get, get contacted um, through orthoevalpal.com. Thanks for listening. We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com. Can't wait to see you there.